So I've been given us the, so to speak, the introduction of it, what's going to be with the Shaftim throughout the period of Shaftim. So now we start to see stage by stage, or in each generation, so to speak, what happens. So the Pasuk starts in Pasukal, These are the nations which HaKadosh Baruch Hu left to act as a test for Klai Yisrael. There were the tests which there those who didn't know, so to speak, about in the wars that Yeshua fought when he fought all the kings of Canaan. Now, if we said that the they weren't aware of it, it means they didn't experience it. So they weren't attacked by Yeshua or conquered by Yeshua. And then the Apostle says, Rak, the man dies terrorist in Israel. The reason why Kaddish Baruch left them was that future generations of Kaddish Israel should know the Lamda Milchama to teach them to, to fight, to go to battle. Rakash al lo yadom. And it's not clear how to read the Apostle, what the Apostle wants. A different Apostle explain what the Apostle means differently. The Rash explains the Pasuk. He says that the reason why Kodesh Baruch left them is that future Darius would learn to fight them and would destroy them, which is something that the previous Darius, the previous Darius didn't do. And that was their mistake. The Mitzvah explains the Pasuk differently. And that is that when the Pasuk, the man dies, Darius from the Israel. What the Bnei Yisrael should know is going on the Nisim Hashem did. And he says that the future generations will have to learn to go to war because the earlier generations, the generation of Yeshua, didn't have to go to war. They would learn Nisim, which would be the way HaKadosh Baruch fought for them. And therefore the way the Mysterious explains the Pasuk is that the originally when HaKadosh Baruch wanted to destroy the nations of Eretz Yisrael in front of Klai Yisrael, he wanted to do it in a miraculous fashion. Klai Yisrael obviously prepared for war, but Lema said the flow of the battle was miraculous. Whether it was, as you saw in Yerichai, that the walls crumbled, and the Shaifa, where you saw Akash Bokhstan's hell sons down from the Shemaim, or all the other battles which they fought against uh, the nations in the time that Akash Bokhstan was, so to speak, leading the, the, the war for them miraculously. That was the first time. When Klaishal didn't destroy the nations of Canaan as they were meant to, so now they had to learn, the Darius and Israel had to learn to go to war in a physical sense, which means there was, they weren't guaranteed to send Nisim anymore, which the first star had been promised. And therefore, these are the nations which were left behind and would continually, be, so to speak, be a threat to Klai Israel, and Klai Israel had to keep fighting them. The first is Chamesh Sarani Pishtim. The five leaders of the Pishtim, these are the five cities that the Pishtim are in control of. And we see again and again throughout the period of the Shaftim and the kings, they were the prime uh, combatants, opponents of the Jewish people. The Chalak Nani Vatsidoni Vachivi Yoshev Haralavonon, that's those of the nations in the north. Mehar Bal Hermon Adlavoy Hamas. What's today Lebanon, right? They were there to test Klai Israel. 
And then we're there to see that would Klai Yisrael keep the mitzvahs which Akash Baruch gave Moshe, which means now the nations were here and they posed a spiritual threat to Klai Yisrael. If that's the case, so then there was uh, the test if they were going to be influenced by the nations or not. The Klai Yisrael failed in this test also. We have some left of all six of the seven nations who were meant to destroy Eretz Canaan. And Klaishul lived in their midst. And what happened? They intermarried with them. They took their daughters. They gave their daughters to them. And as a result of that, they worshipped their God, which is that what the Apostle says. We'll start with intermarriage. Is it's going to be that land of Now, the question is, how did Israel fall so far, so fast? We look at intermarriage as being the most, the final step, so to speak, the most uh, severe thing a person could do to engage in the Jewish identity. And we see in one door after the Zakanim, already Klai Israel are. Intermarrying with the goyim, we find a similar thing in the nation, the dar of Klaishal who went into the nation of Babel after Churban the Bais Rishon, right? So also Klaishal were taken to Babel, and we find in the time of Ezra Sefer, it says most of them had married married non-Jewish wives, and the big part of Ezra Sefer's job in trying to bring Klaishal back to Israel was first to separate the non-Jews from among the Jews. And to convince them to divorce each other. And we think intermarriage is being that serious. How could it be? How could it be that Klai Yisrael fell so quickly to such a, such a tremendously loud, like, big error? There's a very well-known Chiddush. Um, Chiddush. This is an amazing thing. It says that what saves Klai Yisrael from intermarriage is all the Gzeris de Rabban. All the Gzeris de Rabban are put in place to stop us coming too close to the Goyim. Whether it's Yuchud with Goyim, whether it's the wine of Goyim, the bread of Goyim, the cooking of Goyim, and many other Gzeris that they can't be walking the Derek with the Goyim, whatever it is, those Gzeris were all put in place in order to prevent us from coming too close to the Goyim. And he says that's what Be'atzim gave Klai Yisrael the security net, so to speak, or the safety to maintain a distance from the Goyim. And he proves that, you see that before that happened, the Gzeres Rabbana only came in the time of the Ajah Gadoyle, in the King of Bayashani, some of them even later than that, and some of the Yud Chastabar, of the Gzeres of Basham and Beshilal, the Goyim Shabir Tomei, or Nidus, or Zavim, whatever it's going to be. Right? And now those Gzeres, which Klaish will put in place, distance us sufficiently from the Goyim that most of Klai Israel, for thousands of years, the idea of intermarrying was unthinkable. But Yenison proved that you see that before those Gzeris were there, we find this was something which Klaishal will nichshon very quickly. Even goes a step more than that. He says that, and he has a Chazal like this, that really Klaishal, there was meant to be one goddess. One? Goddess. Uh, which in time of Chubim Ba'ez Rishon. And the reason why we have to be brought back to Ba'ez Shani is because where Klaishal were holding by at that stage was he wouldn't have survived too much longer. Klai Yisrael had already, it's a large part, intermarried. You see already in the time of Esther, they had been willing to uh, eat with the Goyim and uh, partake of the Surah of Achashverish. And therefore, 
basically they needed uh, something to stop the, the their free fall, and that was he said the man of Baishani was in order to give Taisa a chance to regroup and uh, establish the Kanas to which would give Taisa the Kayak to maintain their identity, their independence, um, even in the midst of the Goyim. And when that had been done, they could go back to Godless and they now had the safety that that wouldn't repeat itself. And indeed, until recently, it didn't. As long as Kayasra were faithful to the Takhanist Rabban, the, 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 for the 1,600, 700 years from the second Khorban until the beginning of the reform with the Haskala, intermarriage was something which was came out unheard of. There were rare cases, but it was, as a whole, it was come out unheard of. And you see that when they weren't without those Takhanas in place, without those distances in place, then even the Knanim, who the Torah specifically warns us not to intermarry with them, not to have anything to do with them, you see Klaish will get to the stage where they do intermarry and they bring them to desire. And therefore, that was the first step, and that is, like we said, it's not paganism, it was in Abedazara, which uh, gave, so to speak, uh, believed that there was other koichas besides Hashem, and that's angered Hashem. So, this is the first time Klaishal as a nation. Um, lose their independence, they under the subjugation of another country or another king. And that was Kushan Rishosayim, is the king of Aram Naraim. Aram Naraim is not in Eretz Israel. Aram Naraim is far out of Eretz Israel. But nevertheless, his influence extended to Eretz Israel and he subjugated the Jews. They worked with him for eight years. Eretz Israel depends on Gaishal being Eretz Israel. The, the, the Gemara says that time Churban by Israel, so Kedusha Rishonah was Kitsha Lashaita when Klaishal left because they were all exiled. So then, according to that opinion of the Gemara, which is how we pass from Pashas, Israel um, lost its Kedusha and it had to be reconsecrated at the time of Baishani. But at the time of Israel, when Klaishal were there, even if they weren't in power, we don't find that they lost uh, the Kedusha Israel. It's not being there. Even though they really got it wasn't, uh, right, right, right. That's true. Once they were there, so the the Israel depends on the being Mechanim Mitzvah of Israel, and as long as Klai Israel there, they could be Mechanim Mitzvah. The same thing in Bayashani. For most of Bayashani, Klai Israel weren't, so to speak, autonomous. We were either at the beginning under the Persians, and afterwards under the Greeks, and then afterwards under the Romans. Wherever it was, the Mitzvah of Israel still applied, as long as Klai Israel, or at least the majority of Klai Israel, was still living in Israel. Okay, so who is Kushan Rishasai? So, there's a Chazal in the Midrash Shechotayv, and the Midrash Shechotayv says that Kushan Rishasai was either a descendant of, of Lavan, or was Lavan, or whatever it was, but he was uh, he was from the same place, or from the same family as Lavan. The Darish is named Rishasai, which literally means two Rishos, two Evils. He does a Klai Israel, the one now and the one way before. And he subjugates the Jewish people. By Yisakub and Yisrael and Hashem, we see it's always going to be the path in the Klai Israel. Not out of Chuba, but out of the suffering they're in, they dive into Hashem. By Yakim Hashem, we share with Yisrael, by Yishim. Hashem sent someone to save Klai Israel from from the oppression they're in, from Krishna Shasayim. As a snail, Ben Knaz, Achikale, Vakat Nimelo. 
the same Masnil that we met before, that he was the one who uh, ma- managed to, so to bring back the Torah that Klayashal had lost. So he now becomes the leader of the Jewish people to save them from Krishna Yishra's time. And that was an interesting thing. But here, Baruch Hashem, so the Spirit of Hashem rested on him. Vayishpet Yishra'el. He judged Klayashal. And then after that, Vayetzele Milchama, he went out to war. Hashem gave Kushan into his hands and he overpowered him. And it sounds a bit repetitive. Hashem gave him into his hand and he overpowered him. Why do we need both of those Lashonis? Before that, what was the idea that the way it's explained is that the Ruch the, of Hashem rested on him and he judged Kai Yisra. What are these two uh, these two different levels. So, we first point out that Asnil Ba'atsam, as we saw previously, he wasn't a military leader. He was a Tamil Chacham. He was someone who was able to mechadish the halachas which they lost. He was someone who was taught Torah. We saw before in the Bnei Yisrael, went to learn from him in the, in, the, in the Midbar. And therefore, when he was given the opportunity to lead Klai Yisrael, uh, the first thing he did before he went out to war was to try and... Uh, it was to try and work on uh, instilling Torah in Israel, or instilling the Halach in Israel, which is Vayishmet is Israel, and only after he went out to war. It's an interesting thing the Midrash says over here that in the Midrash in Chumah it says that uh, Asnil was Darish the Pasuk. It says when Kadosh Baruch spoke to Moshe before he sees Mitzrayim, it says Ki Ra'ar Isi. It's Anya Miyashev Mitzrayim, a double Asha. Ra'ay Ra'isi, Aso Aso, which is repeated, the affliction of Klai Yisrael Mitzrayim. And just like Rashi says in the Pasuk, but Asnil was there as well. And a double Asha means not just now, but in the future also. Just like it says, Ekya She Ekya, and the Chazal Darish Rashi brings it, I'll be with him in this Tzara, and I'll be with him in future Tzara also. And from that, Asnil was Darish that, if that's the case, if his time once again, Klai Yisrael, were being oppressed, then Akash Baruch would see their oppression as well. If that's the case, they they Kilo had a schus to be to to be saved because because the fact that the Hashem sees them in their oppression. It's an interesting thing. Rabbi Chaim Vassman, in his Ikras of the Meshicha, um, talks about this point. He explains the same Yisod in his words, and he says that when Klai Yisrael deserve Akash Baruch to save them, he dies, obviously. That's well, based on the schosim that Klai Yisrael have. But what happens when Klai Yisrael don't have schosim? If that's the case, they don't have any claim, so to speak, that Akash Baruch should protect them or, to, or save them. So what happens then? So he says that what happens is Akash Baruch makes the game oppress them. And now there's a principle, which is a pasuk in, uh, in Kahalas. It says, V'alekim yavakish is nirdaf. HaKadosh Baruch so to speak, looks for the victim, for the pursued, for the one who's victimized. And therefore, once Klai Yisrael are being pursued and are being persecuted by the Goyim, so that gives, so to speak, HaKadosh Baruch a reason to step in to save them. In other words, it's, it's, the Rukhan looks at it as it's not that, that that's a punishment when Klai Yisrael do tshuva, we may not have save them, even without that. But the fact that they're being, so to speak, mistreated, so HaKadosh Baruch is there to defend the one who's being wronged. And if that's the case, just the fact that the Kaleshos are, are a nirdaf, or the Kimi Vakash is nirdaf, or the Khanan says, 
That's the reason for Gash Baruch to step into Seder. And that's bad to look at Chazal saying here also. Gash didn't have a big schos, like we saw in Asnil's time. We just learned in the Pasuk, they were serving a Zara that even married out of Klai, intermarried with a Klanim. And if that's the case, Asnil was looking what schos the Klai Israel have that Kilo they can rely on Hashem to save them to go to battle. And the schos was this idea. Ro'era Isis Onyami. Rakhash Prochus sees the fact that Klai Israel being afflicted, and that itself becomes the reason, so to speak, to right the wrong which is being done to them. Which is a which is a, a second point. It's, sorry. The Mashmar says, isn't that it's we that, that somebody did wrong to us? We were near death, and therefore Hakadosh Baruch Hu is a shaykh and said, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is fair. So, so if we've if we've wrongly been oppressed or persecuted, so Hakadosh Baruch Hu comes to set that right. And at the double ocean, Hashem gave cushion into his hand, and he overpowered cushion the same. The different ways explained in the Farshim. The one is first that that Kushan was attacking Kali So the first thing Hashem gave Kushan to his hand, which means he was victorious in preventing the attack, so to speak, or driving Kushan out of Eretz Israel. And then the other way around. Now he went onto the offensive. And now he overcame Kushan in wherever he was. So Vatol Ziyadal Kushan Shasayim, which means now having, so to speak, so to speak defended, successfully defended Kali Israel, Eretz Israel from Kushan Shasayim. So now when he went to attack him in return, and he was victorious. So it wasn't just that, and this is the Kiddush, because like we said previously, if the idea was that Klai Yisrael, only Tzchosya, wasn't the fact that they had mitzvahs or ma'asim time that deserved a Kodesh Baruch should make them victorious. If the only Tzchosya was the fact that they've been wrongly oppressed, so that's the case, it would be enough to stop the oppression. They don't deserve to be, they don't deserve to be mistreated or to be persecuted, and if that's the case, the Siyat Nishmai should be that he'll stop persecuting them, that, he, that they would be able to drive Krishna Shasayim out of Eretz Israel, that they wouldn't be oppressed anymore. The fact that thereafter they were victorious over Krishna Shasayim, right, that's, that's an extra chesed. It doesn't, that's not required for what they deserved. But we see this, uh, the Mephoshim talk about this, that when Hashem saves Kali Yisrael, there's also the second stage, and that is that he makes us victorious over our enemies. And the Chiddush is, even if we don't deserve it, if we deserve that, then that's what we deserve. Even if we don't deserve that, and our only schus to ask to be saved is the oppression that we're in, is the suffering that we're going through. So it's enough, it's just like suffering away. But Hashem doesn't do that. Usually when HaKadosh Baruch Hu saves us, at the same time, he makes, he makes us stronger than the enemy which we started with. And we say this in Marif, the best example for this is Mitzrayim. The same says Arab in Mitzrayim. Klayashal didn't deserve the Gula. Whatever they were doing wrong, they were still doing wrong. Klai didn't deserve the Gola. And when Akhadosh Baruch tells Moshe Rabbeinu clearly, what were the factors why he's willing to save Klai Yisrael? This is the possible. I heard the suffering, I've heard the, the distress, I've seen what's being done to them. So here also, the argument to save them was they've been wrongly oppressed. They went to Mitzrayim as guests and they were, over, and they were overpowered and forced into slavery. They've been wrongly oppressed. If that's the case, it would be enough to take us out of Mitzrayim. Right? This is, but the second factor. Not only that, thanks to Adam he made us, he, over, he, so to speak, brought us above the Egyptians. He, he, he made us victorious over them. And that's what we madgish, this Nakuda, in Mariv every night. When we're talking about the fact that Hashem says to Israel, we say, ask him the Pasuk we're starting from is, There was someone stronger than us, and what we needed Hashem to do is to save us from someone who was stronger than us. We were being, 
so to speak, mistreated. We were being oppressed. There was an enemy who's stronger than us, and that Salah was to save us from the enemy who's stronger than us. But when Hashem does that, He doesn't just save us from the enemy who's stronger than us, He reverses it. He makes us stand in the high place of the enemy. Whatever it is, all the things he did to them to make us victorious over them. It wasn't just that we were extracted, we were saved, we were uh, redeemed. It was at the same time, Akash brings down the enemy, which, like I said, is a chesed because we don't really deserve that. Now, there were those times when Akash didn't deserve this. Uh, and then those times we weren't with Nitzah. For example, right, just 80 years ago, in the Second World War, Kaisal was decimated, destroyed millions of people. Even if the war ended, there was never a reversal. It never became a place that Kaisal were victorious over the Germans. The war ended and the punishment stopped. There was never this, the completion of the cycle. Kilo and Yisrael were successful in, in or overcoming the enemy. And the same thing goes on through, throughout this goddess. It's always been like that. We never overcame the Romans. We never overcame the Spanish in the time of the Inquisition. We never overcame the Russians or the Poles or the Ukrainians or anybody else who, was, who attacked Israel. Now, ever long, the was nixed that the punishment lasted, it lasted, it ended. But we always remained the underdog. We always remained the, the, weak, the weak victim. We never became powerful. And the reason is the same reason. We haven't got to the good yet. We haven't got to the good yet. So even if, so even if each, each period of persecution ended, there was never that stage where Hashem saved us from Adam. We stole Meshuba to them. That's the case. We never the second stage where we were victorious over them. But here in the time of Asnil, that's what Hashem did do. And that is when when they were Zaycha to go out to war and be victorious, then it means that they also overcame Krishna. They didn't just uh, drive him out, they overpowered him. And as a result, the the land rested for 40 years. He was the first shepherd. Besides, for the, the victory he had in defeating the enemy, so Naomi Mela, as long as he was alive, the, the, the Eretz Yisrael was Batishkot. This is a possible or a, a term we're going to find um, very often in Sefer Shaftim. The idea that the Batishkot Eretz, the Eretz Yisrael was, was, so to speak, uh, quiet or settled. Now, it's yeah, Kushans from the Lashon Kush, which is Mashma Black. Lovin, as when he came as Lovin, came as Yaakov's friend, his patron, his father-in-law. He's there just to help him. He's not there to harm him. He says himself, these are my daughters, these are my grandchildren. How would I think of harming them? So yeah, he appeared as Lovin. He's coming to attack them or to overpower them. He's appearing as the enemy. That's just a simple shot. But as I said before, the Lashon Matishka Torah we find throughout Sefer Shoftim. It's an interesting Lashon which we only find in Sefer Shoftim. It was clearly a lull between the storms. And that is the same thing you said we saw before. What was meant to have happened was Kaisha were meant to come back with Tivish It didn't happen. For whatever level that they had uh, done Tiva and for as long as the Shofet was alive, and therefore they deserved to be saved from the oppressor of the time, and for whatever stand the Shafit managed to keep up in his lifetime, there was. But it was like, how to speak, it was a temporary silence. It was a, a calm between the, the storms. And so there was a certain amount of years of it was calm until the until it went wrong again. Like we said, the, the, what, the, what the factors which led to the problem were still there. 
the fact that Kedusha hadn't done a full tshuva was still there. The fact that the Kedusha was still in their midst and were acting there as a way to mislead Kedusha Yisrael or to entice Kedusha Yisrael was still there. And therefore, Enoch and Ami, there was a Hatzala, and the enemy was destroyed, but it wasn't a, it wasn't the end point. It was just in between until the next uh, until the next star came along and, and the cycle repeated itself again. Okay, so that's the, that's the first of the Shoftim. Osnil ben Knaz. Like we said, even after he was victorious, Osnil didn't take over the reins of leadership and become a king. He remained the Shoftim. He remained in the position of that he, he judged Klaishol, like we said, the Shoftim, whoever came to judgment, he judged them. And uh, the, therefore, the, the factors which, after he died, would lead to repetition of the same thing again we're already there you'll see in each of it this is the same halakha which repeats itself